0: Hi my name is Jude and I'm location pastor at Granton and it is brilliant to have you here with us at this service today as we continue our preaching series on resurrection life the life that we can live because Jesus died and rose again. Let's pray. God I thank you Lord I thank you Lord Jesus that you are alive, that you are our risen Lord and our risen King. I thank you, Jesus, that you are alive, seated on your throne. Jesus, we thank you that you are alive and that you are present with us by your Spirit, present to save, present to heal, present to set people free, present to do miracles amongst us. Holy Spirit, I pray today that you will encourage us that you will challenge us, that you will move us up a level in our faith. And God, that you will give us a fresh revelation of the resurrection life that we can have in you through faith, of the resurrection authority we carry because of you. And God, I pray for those connecting today that may not know you yet. I pray, Holy Spirit, open their hearts to the amazing truth that you lived, that you died and that you rose again for them so that they could have resurrection life in you. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm gonna introduce you today to a few men who have and had great faith. This is Nick Wolander. He is a 42-year-old American acrobat, aerialist, daredevil, high wire artist an author. He is known for his high wire performances without a safety net. He holds 11 Guinness World Records for various acrobatic feats, but is best known for his walk across a tightrope directly over the Niagara Falls. And that picture there actually just oh, makes my heart jump with nerves. Last year, he walked across a volcano at 18,000 feet on a stable steel cable. People have marveled. He's been on TV shows, he has been on news outlets, he's got his own book. People marvel at this man's skills and ability. And this man, when you hear and you read about him, he has great faith in the skills that he has been given. But what's interesting is this man has great faith in God, he is a very open believer in Jesus Christ. Before every endeavor he pulls off, he prays and trusts God for peace and safety. And he tells people, "I don't think I'm going to die. I'm going to die when I'm old, but I'm not afraid of dying because I know when I'm going, where I'm going when I do." That is pretty impressive faith. And we're gonna look at another man who had really great faith. Have a look at Matthew 8, verses five to 13. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to the servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this he was amazed and said to those following him. Truly I tell you I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. we see in this account of Jesus a Roman centurion a mid-level officer in the Roman army with just a hundred men beneath him he was a gentile probably raised a pagan he was a part of a foreign enemy an oppressive regime in the land of Israel and yet this man is unique we see in the account of the same account in Luke 7 that this man unusually loved the Jewish people and loved his servant. He had great faith. Men like this centurion did not normally come to Jesus. Yet from this man, we can learn so much about this resurrection life that we live in Jesus. Firstly, that we live this resurrection life with great faith. Galatians 2.20 tells us that I, we have been crucified with Christ, that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. This centurion had amazing faith. Jesus was amazed at his faith. This word for amazed means marveled, astonished, astonished out of one's senses. It's like Jesus saying, I can almost not believe how much faith this man has. It is truly amazing. There are two accounts in the Bible when Jesus marveled at people's faith. This account and the account of Luke of this centurion when he marveled at his level of faith. But the other accounts in Mark 6. When Jesus marvels at his hometown's lack of faith, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few people who were ill and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The challenging truth is that we will amaze Jesus one way or the other, either for the amount of our faith or the lack of it. And the challenging thing that we see from these accounts is that proximity to the things of God. Maybe being around church your whole life doesn't necessarily automatically mean you have great faith. The people in Jesus' hometown saw the Son of God grow up. The nation of Israel had walked with God for generations and knew the prophecies of the coming Messiah. Even Jesus' disciples did not get this accolade and they walked with him day in and day out. And in this account, Jesus had just been preaching the Sermon of the Mount. he had just been showing his authority over truth. Then he comes down the mountain and shows his authority over nature, over sickness, over demons, over death. Jesus didn't just talk the talk but Jesus walked the walked. And believers, it is not enough for us just to talk the talk of faith and trust in Jesus. We must walk the walk. It is not enough for me to stand here preaching on great faith and not walk the walk of great faith. This world, this hurting world, is in need of believers with great faith who will not just talk the talk, but who will walk the walk. So what was so amazing about this man's faith, this pagan Gentile man? He knew who Jesus was. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. He knew that Jesus was Lord. That word for Lord, meaning master, supreme in authority, a person exercising absolute ownership rights. We can see from his request to heal that he didn't just see Jesus as a man with earthly human authority, but he saw Jesus with somebody with absolute spiritual authority, authority and ability to heal, authority spanning space and time authority in his words. Jesus is God. And because he knew who Jesus was and is, he came with such humility. Great faith requires humility. Lord, I do not deserve, I am not worthy to have you underneath my roof. In the account, same account in Luke 7, the religious leaders tell Jesus that this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built a synagogue. For the Jewish people, their good works was enough to get God to do what they wanted. But in contrast, this man knew, perhaps as a Gentile before a Jewish leader, but just perhaps as a man with a sinful and worthy heart before God that he was not worthy, but Jesus is. He trusted not only the authority of Jesus and the ability to heal, but he also trusted his character, his mercy, his compassion, his love, his mercy, that Jesus would and could heal even though the centurion wasn't worthy. Do we trust Jesus? even though we know that we are unworthy. I think what is really amazing about this centurion's faith, his great faith, is that I think he had saving faith. In response to his faith, Jesus makes a radically controversial statement. I say to you that many will come from the east and from the west. And they will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This would have blown the Jewish readers of Matthew's gospels minds. Jesus was saying here that Gentiles, people without a Jewish inheritance, people wherever they were from, however unworthy they might seem, could be welcomed into the kingdom of heaven by having faith like the centurion. On the flip side, he was saying that the subjects of the kingdom, Israel, Jewish people without faith would go to eternal darkness with the weeping and gnashing of teeth that for those without faith in jesus christ they face a lost eternity in hell without him and as i said this would have blown jewish people's minds for them their place in the kingdom of heaven was guaranteed by their religious inheritance the fact that they were a member of israel and because of their good works as well. And that others, not them, would be rejected from the kingdom of heaven. And the gospel of Jesus Christ today continues to blow our minds. You might be connecting today and you might consider yourself a good person. You might consider yourself a religious person, a spiritual person. But the gospel tells us, without saving faith like the centurion, you have a lost eternity ahead of you. The gospel also blows our mind because it tells you that, however unworthy you may feel, whatever your past and your present may be, that if you approach Jesus with humility like the centurion, that you can be saved like him. This interaction between the centurion tells us that faith not religious inheritance humility and repentance not good works are the keys to saving faith and resurrection life romans 10 tells us that if you declare with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead that you will be saved and you are invited to approach jesus just as this centurion did with humility, with faith, knowing that as Lord, our resurrected Lord, he has the authority to forgive. He has the authority over not just sickness, but sin and death. And not just the authority, but the grace, the mercy, the compassion, the love to forgive and accept you into the kingdom of heaven. We receive and we live this resurrection life, by faith in our resurrected Lord. And you're invited to receive that today. This centurion also shows shows us that we live this resurrection life with resurrection authority made available through Jesus. We live this resurrection life with resurrection authority. Jesus and the centurion lived out their authority. The centurion in his human way over those he commanded and Jesus, his spiritual authority. This centurion understood authority. And actually this is what enhanced his faith and made it great. Understanding spiritual authority will help your faith grow. The centurion said, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one to go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. He understood earthly authority, that he only carried it because somebody above him gave it to him. And he therefore understood spiritual authority, that this resurrection life gives us authority only because we've been given it by Jesus. To flow in this resurrection authority, this spiritual authority, we must operate under God's authority, under godly authority, and according to his character and the authority of his word. So let's have a look at these. We operate in this resurrection authority under God's authority. Children of God, do you know that you have been given a God-given influence and a God-given authority to exercise in this world, in your homes, in your families, in your place of work, in your university, in your schools, in your communities, to influence, to serve, to see Jesus famous and made known and all over wherever you go. And Jesus has also given you, children of God, the authority to do great works, even greater works than him. The Bible tells us about the authority that we've been given, that God makes us the head and not the tail. Jesus gave authority to his 12 disciples to drive out impure spirits, to heal every disease and illness, to heal those who are ill, to raise the dead, to cleanse those who have leprosy, to drive out demons. He also gave them the authority, with faith as small as a mustard seed, to say to this mountain, Move from here to there. We have been given authority because of him. Over sickness, over the demonic, over death. We have been given the authority to speak blessing and peace into people's life. We've been given authority to go make disciples, teaching Jesus' truth and baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we only have this authority if we are under His authority. The word authority, excusia, means the power to act, delegated influence, delegated authority, delegated empowerment. In the New Testament, it refers to the authority that God gives to his saints. It is delegated authority from him. Without him in your life, you have no right, no power, no authority. Without God's authority, we are powerless. If it comes to a power battle between me and sickness, sickness will win. If it comes in a power battle between me and the demonic, the demonic will win because I have no power in my own right. But yet when I stand under the authority of Jesus Christ as a child of God, we have the authority over these things. It's like the air traffic marshal at an airport. You know, the people that wear the vests and have the lollipop things. If a man or a woman stood in front of an incoming plane, they would lose in a power battle. But with the authority that their position as an air traffic marshal gives, they have the authority to say stop to that plane, to direct that plane, to tell it to go this way and that way. They don't have power but they have authority and that authority, their position gives them power. We, as children of God, have been given a position that gives us authority under him. And Jesus gives us the power to outlive that authority. Romans tells us that the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You have the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, dwelling within you, empowering you, equipping you to live out that God-given authority in this world. Last week, Pastor Paul spoke about how miracles will happen here. But as we step and walk and live in our God-given authority, miracles are also going to happen over there and happen through us. Jesus was not physically present with that servant when he healed him. And he isn't physically present today, but he is with us by his spirit, able to save and heal and set free through us. We are his hands, his feet, and we carry his authority. We, under the authority of God, can speak the word from a distance and see things change. And isn't this amazing news for an international family with loved ones that we're praying for all over the world? Isn't this good news for a world that continues to distance, that we can speak the word and see miracles happen? And reflecting on this, I've reflected on the fact that some of the most significant answers to prayer that I have seen have come at a distance. A friend of a friend who was in a coma after a car accident She came back, no brain damage, perfectly lying, living a full life after that because of prayer, because of a miracle. I think of a neighbour of mine who wouldn't let me pray with him right there in the street, but with a really serious diagnosis and prognosis. But I prayed and he recovered. I spoke the word at a distance under the authority of Jesus and miracles happened and right now through Church Online through prayers that are happening here in Edinburgh all over the world miracles are happening there was a lady prayed for here live on Church Online and she's now living cancer-free without a relapse John Conway one of our members and leaders in Leith was praying for a friend his friend was in a coma and on life support and doctors were saying there was no chance he wouldn't make it. But because of prayer, because of John and others believe, other believers praying with their God-given authority, this man recovered and is alive and well. Jesus is doing miracles here. Miracles will happen here, but miracles will also happen wherever you need them to happen because you... Are operating in your God-given authority. We also live this resurrection life and operate this resurrection authority under God-given authority. Children under parents, wives with their husbands, church members under church pastors and this is not a popular point in our culture and I get it. There is so much abuse of power and authority in this world, hurting people that God desperately loves. And yet we are called to live under good, godly authority. And it comes with biblical promises and blessings. The centurion understood that I am a man under authority and when we live under that authority it's like living under an umbrella the rain will come but we are so much more protected honoring authority is one of our core values as Destiny Church Edinburgh and I know that I am blessed because I am a woman under authority a wife with a husband a daughter to parents A member of a church and a leader under leadership and as a church we operate and live under godly authority under our apostle Andrew and so Sue Owen and Pastor Pete will often say that our success as a church has come because we live under that authority but a word of warning if you're not willing to live under God's and godly authority do not expect godly authority to flow in your life. We live this resurrection authority under God's authority, under godly authority, and great things, great miracles, great faith will arise. We also live this resurrection with this resurrection authority according to the character of Jesus and under the authority of his word. What I love about this centurion is that he didn't just know Jesus' ability and authority, but he also knew his character, his love, his willingness. And if you've been around Christians long enough, you will have heard us pray or speak healing, command healing in the name of Jesus. And if you don't get it, and to be honest, for a long time I didn't, it can sound a bit like a magic phrase. That basically Christians can just pray for whatever they like and stick that on the end and hey presto, God does what they want. But we know that that is not the case. God is Lord and we submit under his authority. And he is not some sort of sovereign gumball machine where we put a coin in and get what we want out. He is Lord and we submit to him. In Jesus' culture, when you mention somebody's name, when you said in their name, you were saying more than a name. You are invoking their character, you are invoking their values, you are invoking their will and everything that they stood for. So when we pray, when we command healing, when we speak breakthrough in the name of Jesus, it's not a magic phrase. We are praying according to the character of Jesus Christ, according to his values, according to his will, according to what he wants to see in the matter. The Bible tells us that Jesus said, you may ask for anything in my name and I will do it. You can ask for anything according to his will and his character. How do we know his will, his desire, his character? Well, we live under the authority of the word of God. The Bible tells us God's character, God's will, God's desire. So look at the Bible. Does God want to heal? Yes. Does God want to provide? Yes. Does God want to save that person that you're praying for? Yes. Does he want to heal that relationship that you want healed? Yes. Because the word of God reveals that that is his will and desire. And I want to give you some homework. I hope that you're up for it. But that thing that you're praying for that breakthrough that you're seeking for, do you know what God says about it in his word? I want you to do some homework, do a Bible study on it. If you're seeking healing for somebody, do a Bible study on God's desire to heal. If you're seeking salvation for somebody, do a Bible study on God's heart that none should perish. And then when you stand up to pray and the authority that you've been given, you stand up with the authority of the word of God. And God, I can speak healing into that situation because God, it is your will to heal. And the more you study his word, the more you will discover more of who you are in him. The more of your identity as a child of God, the more identity that you have, the right that you have to stand into that God-given confidence. So that when the enemy comes with those little doubts of who are you to ask such things? Who are you to expect such things? You again can hold up the word of God and say, well, get away because this is what the word of God says. I am his child. I am under him and I have been given authority. I am loved. I am cherished. I am valued and I am worthy. So get away lies from me. Do your homework this week and last but not least we exercise this resurrection authority with love when jesus entered capernaum a centurion came to him asking for help lord he said my servant lies at home paralyzed suffering terribly what we haven't touched on yet about this centurion is that he really was quite a wonderfully unusual man This pagan gentleman loved the Jews and believed in Jesus, but he also loved his servant and loved his servant enough to exercise human authority to come to Jesus on his behalf. As believers, we must operate under God's authority, but with the love of God. This world has got too many people operating an authority without love. Authority without love is tyranny and there is too much of that in this world already. Too many people made in God's image suffering because of authority, tyranny without love. And so, children of God, we are called to operate our authority like Jesus with compassion and love. And that moves towards great miracles because by operating in this God-given resurrection authority with love, under authority, according to his character, under the word of God we will see this world transformed we will see individuals and families and communities changed by the authority and the love and the compassion and the mercy of our resurrected Lord so stand up in that authority and exercise it with love in august 1588, Queen Elizabeth I of Great Britain delivered her famous speech to the troops at Tilbury as they prepared for the Spanish Armada invasion. In this speech is a well known line I know I have the body of a weak, feeble woman, but I have the heart and the stomach of a king, and a king of England too. Elizabeth knew the challenges she faced as a woman in authority and as a Protestant in a very religious and politicised time and yet she knew the authority that she stood in, the authority that her crown gave her as queen, that it was the same as a king to stand, to lead, to command, to exert influence and authority and i may have the body of a weak and feeble woman but i have the spirit of he who raised christ from the dead within me and you may be a weak and feeble man or a weak and feeble woman but you too child of god have the spirit of god living and dwelling and empowering and equipping you to live with great faith and authority and so children of God it is time to stand up with great faith um, into that resurrection God-given authority under authority with love according to the character and the word of Jesus because this world, this broken world is in need of their resurrected Lord and in need of this resurrection life. And this resurrection life, this amazing great faith, this authority really is for everyone. It really is for you. Again, Jesus said, many will come from the east and the west and will take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Wherever you are from, whoever you are, whatever your past and your present, not one of us is good enough. But yet, when we come to him in repentance, humility, believing that he died and rose again, trusting his authority, but also his grace, you will be accepted into the kingdom of heaven through our resurrected Lord Jesus. And if you want that today, with humility and trust, pray this prayer after me. Jesus, thank you for dying in my place so that I can be forgiven and have eternal life. I believe you rose from the dead I confess that I am a sinner. With your help, I turn away from my sinful ways. And I commit to following you for the rest of my life. I declare that Jesus is Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer and for saving my soul. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you prayed that prayer just now, <laughs> welcome to the family. Welcome, you child of God, to the kingdom of heaven. We would love to help you take your next steps. We want to help you get baptized. There are baptisms happening in our live services today. And we want to help you get connected and grow. So if you prayed that prayer just now, click on the platform, I Prayed That Prayer button. If you're not on the platform, just let us know your details at destinyedinburgh.com/forward/slash/connect. Have an amazing week living in this resurrection life, this resurrection faith, and this resurrection God-given authority.